the big silence, empowering personal experiences, inspiring compassion, and healing lives. We are no longer silent. We are here. The Big Silence. Hello and welcome to the Big Silence podcast. I am your host, Karina Dawn. I'm a mental health advocate, wellness entrepreneur, and co-founder of the leading women's fitness community, Tone It Up. I'm also a New York Times bestselling author and founder of the nonprofit, The Big Silence Foundation. I'm also a wife, daughter, friend, and yes, palm mom of five. And just like you, I'm a work in progress. I have experienced profound grief and trauma and then found deep joy in life. And now I'm here to share my story, be a safe space for you to share yours. And we're having in-depth conversations with psychologists, doctors, spiritual leaders, friends, and others who have been impacted directly or indirectly by a mental health condition. No more embarrassment, no more shame, no holding back, only healing. Let's go. Mental health is my wealth. The stress upon the shelf. Nobody can love me the way I love myself. Seeking ye shall find the truth and the light. I'm living my purpose, so I sleep good at night. No more depression or spiritual recession. And every day that I wake up, it's a blessing. So breathe in, breathe out. Everybody in the house know what I'm talking about. The big silence. The big silence. What's up? Karina here. Welcome to the Big Silence Podcast. How are you? Checking in with you. What have you done for you today? Let me know. Before I dive into today's guest, we're at the end of April 2023. Can you believe it's already the end of April? Mind blown. But May, one of my favorite months because it is Mental Health Awareness Month all month long. And we are celebrating the month of May as an opportunity to come together and reinvigorate mental health by supporting everyone in all walks of life. So we have a challenge coming up. I'm not going to spill all the beans here, but make sure you sign up to our newsletter and follow us on Instagram at the dot big dot silence. We're going to be announcing that very soon. And then, of course, my personal Instagram, Karina Dawn, coming out. It's a challenge in collaboration with our friends and celebrities and athletes, creators, coaches, therapists, and partners who are coming together to share their personal mental health routines and tips. And uh, I'm not going to say it all, but it's going to be really fun. And we're going to come together as a community. And so DM me on the Big Silence account or my personal account if you want to participate and details coming. You know what else is like a milestone is May. It's crazy. Like last May in 2022 was the release of my memoir. And Bobby and I went cross country to do the book launch events and driving the Big Silence bus. I don't know if you know, but we have the Big Silence bus and Bobby had to get his driver's license for, I believe it's C-Class, I could be wrong, basically driving a semi-truck. It's 45 feet. I don't know, ever since 2020 when we remodeled an old Winnebago, we just love hitting the road, camping, getting out there, exploring, and I can't believe it's been a year since my memoir. And yes, I am working on an audiobook that will be coming. It's a lot to do. So today's guest needs no introduction. 
Liz Plosser, editor-in-chief of Women's Health Magazine and my friend. She was out here for South by Southwest, and we got to spend some extra time together from working out at the gym to going to a little South by Southwest party at the collective as well, and some special conversations, just the two of us, and really appreciate your vulnerability, Liz. You are a powerhouse, a strong woman. I look up to you and I look forward to more of our friendship. So yeah, I've known Liz for over 10 years, I think. We talk about it in the podcast and here you go. And as always, share, like, comment, whatever on Apple and share with your friends. And thank you, Liz, for your openness and talking about things that you've never talked about before. See you later. out to James Nicholas Kinney's song, The Big Silence. I love it. It's going to be my new theme song. Yeah, it's the hype song. Shout out to James. Love you. Liz Plosser is here, Women's Health Magazine. Well, it's South by Southwest, so you're in town in Austin, so we get to be in real life, which is lovely. We got to work out yesterday. This was so fun. It was a great workout. Worked out at Collective. Shout out to Sandy. Our booties are hurting. Yes. On a scale of one to ten, where are you today? Booty-wise? Yeah. It's up there. Eight and a half. Oh, wow. I woke up in the night and I felt it. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Yeah. And then uh, you went running this morning. I did. I did a jog on the trail by Ladyburg Lake, which uh, we met at The Rock. It was a group of people. Yeah. Just like a little pop-up run as they do at South by Southwest. It was awesome. Yeah. Power to you. So Liz and I have known each other for how long? Through Tone It Up. I mean, Tone Up's been around for 14 years. And we met you when you were at Cosmo. Yeah. I've known of you for so long. I think I crushed on you from afar. And then um, when I was overseeing health content for Cosmo, which included fitness content, I wanted to do a buddy workout for our readers. And that's when I reached out to you. And we met in California. Mm -hmm. um, And Kat was there. Mm -hmm. And we shot on the Pepperdine campus on like a beautiful sunny day with the bright green grass. And uh, those pictures, so much energy. It was an awesome shoot and story. I love those photos. And I sometimes... I mean, sometimes I do Google myself to look for, like, images that I want to use, and those pop up. I'm like, those are so good. That was a really good shoot. You know, once you meet somebody in real life, if there's going to be a connection, it becomes real. And that's what happened with us. We became buds. So you were at Cosmo, and then you went to Women's Health? Well, I zigged and zagged a bit after Cosmo. I went over to Self to be deputy editor. Yes. So coming back, because I started my career in media and health journalism there. And then I went over to the brand side for a hot second, and I worked at SoulCycle, where I oversaw digital content and strategy. And then I worked at the lifestyle and health brand Well and Good, which is Mm -hmm. digital only. We worked together like every step of the way, by the way. I think everywhere I, I went, like, yep, I, you yep. know, we would find a way to work together or I would find one. <laughs> and you're always awesome about that. And then I was really psyched and happy building out my team at Well and Good and really digging into digital. And Hearst had just acquired Women's Health, Men's Health, mm-hmm. Runner's World, the Rodale brands, and were making some leadership changes. Nice. And so they called me to talk about the role and... Yeah, I mean, I've been a fan of Women's Health since it launched almost 20 years ago. I still have my copies of those old black and white covers from way back in 2004. 
So it's a dream job to lead the brand and to oversee print, but also digital, which is growing rapidly and social and video and events. It's the best job in the world. Yeah, Kat and I were on the cover. Yeah. My favorite covers. That was right when I started. It was the cover before I began. Okay. Yeah. So you have a a very high-level role there. You're in charge of a lot. Editor-in-chief of Women's Health Magazine. Yeah, it's a big responsibility. Yeah, you're like running the show. And I know because I had to run the show at Tone It Up for 14 years and all of the stress that puts on me personally, my outside relationships, outside of business. And so obviously we're a mental health podcast. I want to like really get in there because I've seen you over a decade and what you do in a powerhouse and standing up in front of audiences and leading not only social events and events and your own team. Yeah. It's a lot. It's so wonderful. But you're right. It's a lot of pressure. There are a lot of people depending on you. My teammates, my readers, myself. I respect and love this brand so much. I don't want to let it down. And I remember when I got the role, just feeling this like crushing sense of like, this cannot fail under your watch, Liz. You know, Mm -hmm. both the editorial standards, the financial health of the brand. I just felt like it was all writing on me. And yeah, on top of that, a big part of my day-to-day is very much public facing. Like I'm here at South by Southwest doing these panels in front of hundreds of people and was at this jogging event this morning where I'm meeting executives from different brands. And the truth of it is is that I identify very much as an introvert. Mm -hmm. I know. (laughs) And so to be in a role that demands so much outward facing, I call it turning it on. Mm -hmm. I'm snapping my fingers right now. Mm -hmm. You know, and to be articulate and to be positive and to always be science-backed and expert-based, which is what our brand is based on. I'm just like constantly navigating all of that. And don't get me wrong, I love it so Mm -hmm. much. My adrenaline is so high right now. My heart is so full from all of these opportunities. But I'm definitely going to have to like recharge and take some quiet Liz time to power back up. And I know everyone's different. And like, that's just how it is for me. It's, it doesn't come naturally. Let's put it that way. Yeah, after our workout, we were sitting in the car. We could have talked forever, and we were yeah. talking about. I was speaking up about me being a intro or extroverted introvert. Yes, and that's exactly what I would call myself too. Yeah, yeah, and that power. And you know, back in the day, I got shit on basically for being an introvert mm-hmm. because I would say five to seven years ago, being an introvert was a cuss word. It yeah. was like talked down upon, but it's actually a quite beautiful thing where as we're learning more education about introverts, they're actually the creatives, Mm -hmm. the brilliant people. And then, you know, I was talking how I had to learn to go from introvert to extroverted introvert, but then understand how to conserve energy. Yeah. And then setting those boundaries of I'm going to go out here because I love it and I love reaching community and I love reaching women and people and making a difference in the world, which you are doing, but then being allowed to set those boundaries and then come back and be in silence. Yeah, you and your journey inspire me a lot. I honestly am still working on this every day, finding that balance. 
and like learning how to dial one side up and the other side down or when to do that to find kind of the sweet spot for Liz. And it's just a work in progress. Um, But I love that you said introverts are beautiful and uh, brilliant and quiet because there is so much magic that can happen when we get the chance to process and absorb all the experiences and stimulation that we just had in the world. Yeah. I'm just going to go off. Oh, I don't know where Bobby went. He went. <laughs> but yeah, even in my relationship too, and since we're just chatting as girlfriends here, being an intro, ex, intro, extrovert <laughs> introvert yeah. sometimes can affect my relationship with my husband too, because at the end of the day, when I'm like on, 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 and then I come home and I need to shut down, you know, sometimes explaining to even significant others about what I need at night. And we're in couples therapy and it's something that Bobby's learning about the energy. Yeah. But we don't have to go into that. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned it. I've been married for 17 years, Matt and I. My husband, we met when we were in college, like little kids. You know, we had a lot of growing up to do together. And we're still learning about that too because he works. He's not his, he, well, actually, he's starting to go on podcasts and do media appearances. He's an economist. But yeah, coming back home, and we have three kids and a dog. And so we've got to navigate one another and listen to one another and sort of respect what each other needs. It's a lot. It's a lot to be an adult human in this world. It is a lot, but it's also very beautiful when you can learn about each other and be with someone for that long and be in a relationship and be like, okay, for Bobby and I, 10, 11 years together. Okay, we're in therapy again, which is fine. Like the stigma around therapy needs to go away. We have an article all about couples therapy in the April issue of Women's Health and the benefits of doing it even before there are little cracks in the foundation. All about destigmatizing it. Matt and I go to couples therapy too. It's one of the best things we did for our relationship. Yeah, because as we grow together and those like little traumas of childhood and you get even the people who don't know that they have little little T's. Because I have big T's. Mm, I know. <laughs> and Bobby has little T's that he's discovering. I have some big T's from my childhood. I'm learning about Matt's little T's. Mm. And also just learning about our family dynamics, mm-hmm. you know, how our parents raised us and parented us, patterns of our behavior. I honestly, this is like crazy to say, and I I know better, but like, I always thought it was kind of like woo-woo and ridiculous. Like, okay, whatever, you know, you're trying. No, it matters so much, mm-hmm. so much. And it's through working with a counselor that Matt and I have learned a lot about our backgrounds and our upbringing and kind of learned why certain things trigger us or we, we mm-hmm. respond in certain ways in different situations. I'm like amazed that I'm turning 44 next month. Like, I feel like I know myself better now than I ever have. And I have so much more to learn, but like, wow, it took a minute to get here. Yeah, which is great. That's the beauty of life. And if you're someone who can actually dive into that and want to do the work, and we were talking yesterday, like it's not only the physical fitness is great, and there's only so much physical fitness you can do for your mental health. I know, we were joking about this. <laughs> I Movement is so key to my mental and emotional health. Mm-hmm. I always say it's like not even about the physical part. I mean, muscles are awesome and I do love that, but it truly, I'm doing it for how I feel emotionally. I feel mentally more clear, more confident, more calm, but I can't work out every hour of the day. That would drive my body into the ground. And also I have work. You have a job and and kids and things you got to do. So I got to find other tools because it helps, but it's not enough. 
Yeah. So what is enough? What do you do for your mental health that you're open to sharing? So, okay, it definitely starts with the workout. It also, I want to say that it has to start first thing in the morning. I'm on a mission to help people build healthier, happier mornings for themselves. And it will look different for every single one of us. But that's like my sacred time. Mm-hmm. I'm up before my children, my husband, my dog. So what time is that? 5.17, because 7 is my lucky number. Oh, yeah. why not 5.07? It, so some days it is 5.07. <laughs> today I set it for fi- my alarm for 5.07. Yeah. No, sorry, 6.07. Oh. I slept in today. Oh, look at you. <laughs> Always a 7, though. Yeah. I just believe there's energy with numbers and number. colors. Me too. What's your birthday? 3.22.81. Oh, You're- my God. Yeah. Your birthday's so soon. My kids yeah. are 321 and 325. I'm April 7. Okay. Right. Yeah. We're Aries. So yeah. we've got the fire together. <laughs> so morning time, you know, I'll have my mug of coffee. I do make a gratitude list every single morning. I have two girlfriends who I share it with. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Sandy and Miley. Love you guys. So every morning you text each other. Yeah. And we text each you're other. Like, this is what I'm grateful for. Yeah. And it can be super small, like this mug of delicious coffee. Or it could be really big, like something major that happened. And so my lists tend to be a mix of that. I love that because I wake up and sometimes I, I like wake up and I'm like, what day is it? What is my schedule today? Like, you know, the anxiety of... Your brain turns on immediately. Yeah. And so to shift myself out of that, I like, I stop and I look at the roof over my head. Yeah. Hopefully husband by my side, maybe yeah. a couple Pomeranians. Definitely. <laughs> Kissing you. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm grateful. And I, the gratitude list can snap you out of it because otherwise your brain just like this freaking monkey spiral brain. A hundred thousand percent agree. My brain will do that if I don't catch it. I really wish that I meditated. I go through phases. I've downloaded various apps, Headspace. What's Tone it up. Tone it up. I've definitely... <laughs> I don't know what it is, Karina. I know all the scientific benefits of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm really interested in the philosophical, more like cerebral side of it, like consciousness and mm-hmm. how that shifts as you really have a solid meditation practice. But I'm not doing it regularly. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't, don't have enough time to go into the yeah. all of it today, but Chopra. So I trained under Chopra and talks all about the scientific side and how it adjusts your brain chemistry. And even on days, because I, I know like when I'm feeling down and I wake up and maybe I don't have my gratitude list and I don't have my coffee and I'm like, I just want to like sleep in today. But I'm like, okay, just go breathe mm. for two minutes. Sit out in nature, listen to the birds. It changes your life and gives you that energy you need. And that's all you need is like, two minutes to like get that extra oomph in the morning. And everyone thinks like meditation is like you have to do TM or primordial sound and it has to be 20 minutes twice a day. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. It's whatever you can do. It's just like working out. People are like, I can't work out because I don't have an hour. I don't have an hour and a half. I'm like 20 minutes. Yeah. Just move your body. I love that. And you're right. Those tiny, smalls, tiny small steps make a big difference, the cumulative effect of them. I do actually, I don't live in this beautiful country, tree-filled paradise that you do and here in Austin. I live in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. you know, lots of beeping, lots of cars, no lots birds, of buildings. No birds there's, there's some birds. They're like pigeons, you know, <laughs> um, pooping and 
squawking. <laughs> but I do make sure to get sunlight immediately yeah. and take a little walk outside. I try to be outside for like 10 minutes. So I'll take my coffee out there, usually with my dog. And I'm going to do this. The, I do love breathing. And I have definitely learned. I mean, the truth is I'm a pretty anxious person, just my mm-hmm. ambient state. Yeah. I can death spiral real fast. Mm-hmm. I can catastrophize yeah. a situation mm-hmm. very quickly. It wasn't until recently that I learned that I could do things about that and that you don't have to live like that every hour of the day, that you there are tools you can use. And breathing has been so powerful for me, mm-hmm. like learning how to activate your parasympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. When I get an email that accelerates my heart rate and makes me think like the world is going to end and mm-hmm. what's, gonna, what's on the other side of this, that's, I mean, first of all, that's a tough way to live. Yeah, um, being triggered by seeing your phone ringing or a text message yeah. or an email. or But you can you have access at so many different angles. I know, I'm so connected. Yeah. I'm like a power user of my phone getting these mm-hmm. pings and stimulants constantly. A deep breath in, a long exhale. God, it makes so much difference. And you know what? In the past six months, I've gotten really into yoga. I go a couple mm-hmm. times a week. That's another practice that I knew would be really good for me, but just like, I'm too busy and I like to sweat really hard for a variety of reasons. It just never became a regular part of my workouts in life. And I think it's like my mindset and like how open my heart is to this Mm -hmm. journey right now that I found a studio, HeatWise, love you, in my neighborhood. And I started going there a couple times a week. And I know like from my Apple Watch that my resting heart rate has gone down. Like there are physical effects from making that part of my practice. And I'm just better. There are all sorts of reasons why, but that's one of them. I'm better at responding in the situation and not immediately jumping to death spiral, catastrophe, hype. I had an aura ring Yeah, right after my mom passed away. Yeah. I took it off. I was like, I don't want to (laughs) know that I'm constantly in a state of anxiousness. I hear you, and I have to watch that with myself, too. Yeah. I'm so curious about what's happening in my body, and I love that there are, there's so many different tools and so many ways to access that data now. But it can be too much sometimes. There's It's a double-edged sword. Well, yeah, because then I'm, they're like, you didn't sleep well, and then I get anxious that I didn't sleep well, and then I'm like this, and then it's like, makes my— So I'm watch and ring free. Yeah. I have some friends who've done that, and it's been transformative. I still wear my watch, I must admit. But you know what? I don't use— I don't look at what my sleep is, actually, yeah. for the exact reason you said. Because if I feel good when I wake up, I don't want to glance at my watch and see that I only got half the, the, the amount of recommended REM sleep. And then suddenly you're like, oh, I feel kind of groggy. I don't have energy today. Yeah, right. You can shift your mindset when you actually feel good. Your watch told you when you got to my house today that you were in a very loud environment. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. You open the door and all of your... The palms just started yipping and jumping on me. One just gave me a very long kiss. Um, Tiki. Tiki. Right before we started recording. That was awesome. I thought he broke the headset, but no. Yeah. Bobby Bobby hooked it back up. I love those guys. I want to talk about something which you're open to talk about. And as we're talking about anxiety and things that were part of your shift. And you haven't really opened up about this before. And I think it's beautiful that you want to talk about it. Because I think there's a lot of women and men who are sober curious or anything like that. It's just your sobriety. Yeah, I don't drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. And my life 
and me are much better for it. I do not judge people who consume alcohol. I know it works for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. um, but it was not serving me. And when I removed it from my life, a lot of things changed and a lot of my issues with anxiety and just sort of fuzziness and distress Mm -hmm. were also lifted. Yeah, we were talking yesterday and I'm like, oh, I know my friends and I probably drink too much. Like it's just a social thing and, you know, something to remove. And like Bobby's doing six months, no alcohol, just for himself. We're going to the party at the collective tonight. There will be a bar and I'm going to have a cocktail with my girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, a no judgment thing. But did your anxiety go down? Yeah, I found that over time, I was drinking to put a Band-Aid on the stress I was feeling. It mm-hmm. became a must-do at the end of a long day. Mm-hmm. I think it's very much built into our culture, mm-hmm. particularly for moms. There's that like... Moms drink wine. Moms drink night. wine at the yeah. end of the night. And I was part of that. I did that too. And it got to the point where I didn't realize it until I stopped, but I was numbing feelings I was having. Mm-hmm. Happy feelings, excited feelings. and scared, anxious feelings. I just like put this Band-Aid on it instantly. So I wasn't experiencing it. And now that I don't drink, it can be very uncomfortable to feel things. But I'm really curious and working hard in therapy and through my work at Women's Health on how to manage those things in a healthy, sober way. So that's like the breathing, it's the exercise, it's social connections, hanging out with awesome people like you that make me feel really good, who I trust and can be vulnerable with. And my ambient state of anxiety has shifted completely. I'm not saying that I never get stressed out and that like life's a cakewalk now. That's not how it is. It doesn't go away. Hard stuff doesn't stop. But I'm like wide awake and clear for it. I feel it all. It, it can. I'm a raw nerve sometimes. Yeah. But um. I also love being there and awake and alive for all the hard stuff and all the happy, amazing stuff and to feel every single bit of it. So what does it mean when you say feel things? So is it nervous energy, anxious energy coming up and how do you give it a name and how do you recognize it for people listening? Yeah. Like when you are feeling things, you're like, I see it coming. I'm feeling things. Let me walk myself through that. This, like, how do you do that? Yeah, I have through work and therapy learned how to sort of name what the physical sensation is in my body. The way it manifests itself for me is like a really tight chest Mm -hmm. and I can feel my heart rate come up. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure if I looked in the mirror, my shoulders would be higher and tenser. Also, it can feel like uh, sort of a nauseated stomach, like a, Mm -hmm. you know, like I almost could clutch my stomach. It's very powerful physical sensations. And now I recognize it when it's happening. Oh, there's my body having a response to this situation. And then it's a matter of using tools like deep breathing or different DBT techniques to sort of talk myself mentally through what's going on. What do I know to be true? Am I projecting something onto this? Am I creating a narrative in my head about what story am I telling myself and you know, we're so good at telling stories. We're so, I'm so good at telling <laughs> stories. And I'm going to be honest, like sometimes I've been right. Like I struggle and I'm working on this 
navigating the difference between, am I putting a narrative on a situation? Am I making up a story? Or is my instinct right? Mm-hmm. Is my gut, gut like feeling. chiming mm-hmm. in? And mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's also very important to trust my instinct and to like recognize that feeling. Yeah. Anyway, ugh, more always <laughs> more work to do, right? And our bodies and our brains are so cool that they do this. And yeah. if you're curious, like you are and like your listeners are, there's a lot you can learn about yourself and there's a lot you can change to make yourself just a like a happier, more authentic human as you navigate all of that. Yeah, your body can really tell you stuff. And even, let's say, it was the pandemic and mother dying and mother death and this, and I put on like 30 pounds. I mean, there was a point I was like, I don't weigh myself anymore. I've lost it now and like gotten back to fitness because for me, when I'm under extreme stress, I stop doing all the things that Mm. bring me joy. Yeah. Yeah, it's isn't it amazing? Amateur move, but especially in the wellness industry. We know better, but we're just humans too. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. We are. Yeah, I know you shared about this recently. I was really proud of you to you. talk about it. I think you called it the elephant in the room. And um, like speaking of the pressure that you described as we began our conversation, I feel pressure because of my role to represent the brand and, you know, a healthy outlook and a um, a fit body and all those things. But I'm also a human. human. You're human. And I'm allowed to have different chapters, like you said. Yeah. I feel like super fit right now. I'm in a... Um, you are, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in like a really fun zone of get, like loving lifting um, heavyweights, you know, and deadlifts and using barbells and kettlebells. And it's all feeling really good. And I've sort of discovered the magic of protein and my energy's up. But that's going to change, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go through different cycles, and that's cool. And, like, we have to check each other Mm -hmm. to remind each other that's perfectly normal and cool. I love you in every chapter. That's why I said to you, I really do, Karina. Thank you. And I'm loving this. I loved my chapter then. I'm like, I need to sit on the couch and eat pizza because that feels good right now. Yeah. (laughs) But— and I don't give pressure to myself of, oh my gosh, Karina from Tone It Up. I mean, of course, all the websites and the interweb and all that likes to talk and chatter and this and that. But it's really up to you and what you need at that time. And if I needed rest, then I needed rest. Yeah. And then when I'm ready to move again, I called in a trainer. Sandy. Love Sandy! her. <laughs> the best. And because... I needed help. I need that motivation to take me to the next step to actually I'm like, okay, I do love working out. Working out is my therapy. It was my therapy in my early 20s when I came out of a deep depression. Yeah. And it's my therapy again now. And being at the gym and surrounded by people again, it feels good. And I'm, we were talking about the aesthetic of working out. Yeah. It's great. But for me, and I believe for, for you, it's, yeah. the aesthetic is a bonus. Exactly. agree. I also just love your space and where your house is. And I know you've shared about this with me. You love being outdoors so much Mm -hmm. and seeing the trees and like the crunching of dirt under your feet. I think that is so important too. And even on this trip, I think part of the reason, like I feel a little bit like I'm levitating because I get to have awesome conversations like this with people like you. And it's so fun. By the way, I will need to recharge in my hotel room later today. And the introvert in me Mm -hmm. will need to repower. But it's also amazing to me. I haven't even set foot in my hotel gym. I've been mm-hmm. like out exploring, checking out your gym. And we're like, 
I was running on the the trail, you yeah. know, along the river this morning. It's really powerful stuff. I know. So, okay, you're in the city. Yeah. And what is your favorite workout to do in the city? Well, I just told you about all that. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, I go to my local YMCA. I yeah. do. It's, you know, kind of gritty and it's not like fancy and schmancy, like awesome collective where we were yesterday, but it's a wonderful gym, community gym. And I am swinging kettlebells and loading up the plates on a barbell to do deadlifts and squats. You guys have, when I go to New York, I stay over in like, I'm terrible at this, like Soho uh-huh. area. Yep. And there's the river. What is the river? The East River. Yes. 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 That's a nice place to run. It is a really nice place and to run. You go, oh, that you have the High Line. Yeah. Actually, the West Side is beautiful. Yeah. They've like part. completely over the years rehabbed it and there's a lot of green space and beautiful sidewalks and it's right on the water. It's awesome. I live in Brooklyn. I actually live a block from Prospect Park, Okay, which has like a three and a half mile loop around the outside. I used to be a huge runner, Karina. I don't know if you remember that. Like I used to do marathons and like so many half marathons, I can't even count them. Yeah, It kind of shifted over the pandemic. I had an injury and got into weight training. I've always lifted weights, but like I really got into it. I think I could never find that endorphin rush from lifting that I always got when I ran, Mm -hmm. which is why I was such a runner. It clicked finally with strength training. I like learned how to, my body like started to get it. And so now it's kind of flip-flopped. I do more strength training and just run a couple times a week for the joy of it. But I will run on Sunday morning with my Bernese mountain dog, Willa, and I take her on the loop and it's like an easy run and she's taking potty breaks and smelling other dogs. And yeah, but it's such a delight seeing runners coming the other direction and their faces like light up when they see Willa because she just like has the most giant Mm. dog smile and she's like Mm -hmm. trotting along so happy. It's a really good Sunday morning ritual. I know the seasons of workout. Because do you remember I used to be a triathlete? Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. I tried to run like two years ago and my hips hurt for like three weeks. Yeah. I was into triathlons when I lived in Chicago. I yeah. wasn't as good as you, but that's yeah. a fun sport. It is. I know Bobby keeps trying. He's like, let's sign up for another half Ironman or something. I'm like, I don't know if I have that in me. Yeah. I did one half my Ironman. I don't know if I have that in me either. I didn't. I mean, I loved it. It was wonderful. And my body felt so balanced from those, the three modalities that you're cycling through. But it's a lot of work because you got to spend time in each of them. Yeah. To really prepare. Yeah. And then the, it's such a solo sport too. And it's all mental, which I give triathlon. Triathlon was part of my healing and having that, like pushing yourself and accomplishing something. So when you sign up for a race, a marathon, a half marathon, a triathlon, whatever length, it's like you sign up for something, you commit yourself, you do the physical work and the mental work, and then you accomplish something, you check it off your list. Yeah. And I think that's why I was so into endurance sports and races, because I had given up on myself in my dark moments and signed up for something. And a triathlon was the first thing I ever said I'm going to do when I finished it. That's awesome. It's so cool how many parallels there are, the metaphors for like sport and activity mm-hmm. and moving your body. I always, I use this hashtag on my Instagram, hashtag apply to life. Cause mm-hmm. like the lessons I'm learning in the gym or when I'm running or when I was doing my triathlon, it's yes, I'm learning them there and that's wonderful, but it's actually all about like how I take that with me to navigate the rest of my day, my work, my family, my relationships. 
Right. And it's, I feel like we're just now in the past few years talking about how, like, we knew why we were working out 15, 20 years ago, but no one, we like knew it internally, but we never talked about it. And so now I'm like, we're learning about ourselves all the time. It's like, I worked out because I remembered when was I my happiest? Yeah. Oh, when I was 12 years old and ran my first half marathon. Like mental health and physical movement are, that's it. Yeah. Okay, two things. Number one, you ran a half marathon when you were 12? Yeah. Whoa, girl. I know. I did it. Fifth grade, sixth grade. My My school. Somehow, Indianapolis, Indiana, School 70, they had the kids, if you wanted an after-school program, where you trained for the Indianapolis 500 half marathon. That's incredible. That that age. I know. I hated (laughs) it. But then I loved it. I ran it with my dad. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I remembered the, those endorphins that I loved back then as a kid. And so after I was coming out of my darkness, I was like, go run, Karina, just run. And then, you know, I wanted to share that experience with other women of how that makes you feel so good. I love that. And I, I feel like where I am on my mental health journey right now is ironically very much like reclaiming and remembering who I was as a kid, mm-hmm. what lit me up as a child. And a lot of it is exactly right. I played soccer. I love soccer so much. I played basketball and tennis too. I've actually been playing tennis more often, mm-hmm. which is sort of my like throwback to, I worry if I joined a soccer league, I would like break an ankle or something. I'm not yeah. a spring chicken yeah. anymore, but tennis I can handle. Oh my God, I feel so happy after I play. It's yeah. like, it is like the kid in me is like alive and like doing cartwheels all over the court. Yeah. When Bobby and I were in couples therapy yesterday, we were talking a lot of inner child work. And Terry Cole was here. She did a podcast. Do you know Terry? Yes. Love Terry. She's amazing. Awesome. But our therapist was like, go be a kid. Yeah. Go play. Go play. Go to the park. Run around. Do a picnic. Do that. So everyone listening, go play like a kid because we all deserve that. That's like whenever we think back, like that emotion as a child in pure joy without the stress of the world. I'm smiling so big right now. Like I can feel it. And we were talking about sensations in our body. I can feel that, like connecting with what that was like. And we do have the ability to find it again as adults. Yeah. All right. Everyone out there, mission, go be a kid. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, (laughs) that is my mission today and every day. So thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah. All right, Liz. So. You're in Austin, and you're going to do a little favorite things of Austin. What is it? Oh, my gosh. Okay, Austin has so much cool wellness Mm -hmm. stuff happening and so many wonderful people who care deeply about fitness and Mm -hmm. wellness and health. And I feel like my heart is so full because I've gotten to run around and see so many of my friends and experience their favorites. Okay, first of all, I... I love hot yoga at the Black Swan. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for of that course. tip. That yes. was an amazing class. Neon lights, great mm-hmm. music. There were like 70 of us squished in there, like high-fiving each other in between the nyasas. It was wonderful. Collective, mm-hmm. I get the hype. 
mm-hmm. 100%. That is a beautiful space that just makes you feel good when you walk in. Yeah. And trainers like Sandy, who are so smart and care so deeply oh about their clients. So smart. Like, so much science and yeah. knowledge and experience. I felt that immediately. So thanks for that workout. That was mm-hmm. really fun to get a little taste of what you do every week. I went to Sasquatch, which is kind of more of a like outdoor um monkey bars and kettlebells. Yeah, it's really cool. They've got a cold plunge, an outdoor cold plunge on the porch. Mm -hmm. And they have infrared sauna and sauna too, and a little podcasting studio. It's a really cool space. I think you would love it. Those are a few of my stops so far. I need to go have some like healthy smoothies. The juice bar, is that the place people talk about? Juice land. Juice land. And you said another place. Sun Sun Life. Life. Sun Life. So those two, I've got to go to one of those today. And... Yeah, then I would also say the run along the water is a must. You kind of get to see Austin from a a new perspective. And then you went to Elizabeth Street Cafe. I went to Elizabeth Street Cafe last night. Thank you for that tip, too. I'm craving those dumplings. I got the Thai dumplings. I caught up with a friend who I worked with back in my Chicago days, Stephanie. I hadn't seen her in real life in 10 years, and we had a wonderful meal. We got a bunch of share plates. It was awesome. It was delicious. Yeah, so good. Well, is. Any last mental health, women's empowerment, being a mother, drawing anything in that you want to share? Because I just want to say that I've looked up to you and in our private conversations, everything that, you know, I've opened up about. I honor you as a woman in a powerhouse and I, I understand you and I get you and I thank you. Thank you so much. I feel so grateful for our friendship and also that it's like deepening literally by the day. What a wonderful place we're in. I feel so lucky for that. I would say, you know, something I'm feeling right now after this conversation and something that I say to my kids all the time, be who you are. Mm-hmm. Be who you are. You're like quirky. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not for everyone. That's cool. But like be authentic to you and your joy and exuberance and what lights you up will come through and attract others to you and help you make a difference. And that also means you have to do the work and figure out who you are and kind of, you know, like go back Mm -hmm. in time and remember who you were as a kid. And how do you find out who you are? Because I feel like you're through the work that we've done, a lot of work, a lot of therapy, a lot of depth, a lot of digging. (laughs) And I feel like I know who I am. I know my flaws. I know my strengths. And I'm okay with that. And I accept all of that. And I always want to grow and improve. But how can someone, in your advice, if they're just lost and like, maybe I don't know who I am or what my purpose is or my passion? That's a really good question. It's a very deep question. I do think reflecting on the things that made you happy as a kid. I Mm -hmm. love that you mentioned that story about the endorphins you experienced as a 12-year-old doing Mm -hmm. that really long run. That took you out of a dark spot. And that was who you are. That was like a formative childhood experience. So I think doing some reflecting on what brought you joy as a kid. What made you happy? What made you laugh? what What activities could you not wait to do? What were your favorite subjects in school? I think those are all really important and a good place to start with some journaling, even just writing that down. I also, I think a great exercise is to journal free form about your ideal day. Like if you Mm -hmm. had a, a day where you could do anything, what would it look like starting with when you wake up? Write down all the activities. Who would you see? Where would you go? There, you're going to start to see themes as you look at that, like words that pop up or activities. And it'll be like, whoa. 
Yeah. Maybe it's getting a manicure as part of your ideal day. Like that's part of mm-hmm. who you are then. And the more you can find those patterns and then actually implement them in your your life with micro nods, that is helping you be who you are, be your best self. I also think it's like we live in this world of social media Mm-hmm. with all its benefits and negatives. And I think there's a lot of anxiety or wondering how something will be perceived by others. Will they like me? Will they think this is stupid? Is this dorky? What am I doing? And I even I went to a talk yesterday where the panelists were talking about digital storytelling and this came up. And they didn't say, be who you are, but it was about like, be authentic in your mm-hmm. content. Post what brings you joy Mm-hmm. And that exuberance will come through and the people will find you and the movement will start. And I think, you know, it's part of that, like, s- stop self-censoring, mm-hmm. you know? Was, I'm not for everyone. Yeah. You can unfollow me. It's okay. I'm not yeah. offended. I get it. I totally agree with you. I always just say, do all of that and just be a good damn person. Be a kind, good person. Yeah. Yes. I love that. No judgment. Let others. Like, yeah. We're all just doing our best, every single <laughs> one real. of us. So For like, real. be kind to everyone you meet is going through something. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. Capital mm-hmm. T's, little T's, all of the T's. Mm-hmm. Be kind to one another. Amen. Well, we'll leave it with that. We're going to be kind out there, all right? Thank you, Liz. It was so wonderful to chat with you. Thanks, Karina. Thank you for joining us today and every Wednesday. If you or anyone you know needs help now, text HERO to 741-741 to connect with a crisis counselor. Our crisis text line is private and confidential. If you loved this episode or think a loved one could benefit from listening, please share. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the.big.silence. Head over to TheBigSilence.com to sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop for live events coming up and details on the release of my memoir, The Big Silence. And as always, we'd love a like, subscribe, and leave a review on anywhere the podcast can be found. I love you, and I will see you next Wednesday. One, two, three, sing it. Here's to radical self-love, the type of love that will defeat anxiety, the type of love that defeats depression. This is the one life. This is the moment. This is the time to dig in, to be who you already are. The big silence. Breathe in, breathe out.